y'all, this is Seppa, the Southern Fried Witch, and this is episode 22. I hope y'all are surviving, and I hope the freeze has backed off of most of y'all's places. The sun is shining out here today, and that makes me quite happy. I'm going to attempt to not talk about chickens too much today. I reckon I've about overdone that. I will say that We are hatching our very last egg today from the debacle, otherwise known as chicken apocalypse, that started when I wasn't being careful about my chickens sitting on eggs. They started hatching on Christmas Day, and they finished today. So, y'all, looks like we're going to have to build another chicken coop. But what I've been thinking about lately was yet again spurred by the last podcast that we did together. And that was called Failure to Thrive, inspired by a little chicken I have henceforth named Little Bo Peep, at least for now. I have to make sure it's going to survive. However, against all odds and against all advice that I've heard, this particular little bird has started to thrive. Now it's the same exact size as all the other little chicks coming to me. And it's two weeks old, so we shall see. But what got me to thinking about this is I had several folks tell me, don't call it in, don't keep saying failure to thrive. And I don't blame them. They've got a good point about that. After all, it's what we focus upon that brings things to us quite often, and I am no stranger to that kind of thing. However, the more I thought about it, The more I wanted to talk to y'all about how that doesn't wholesale hold water for me. That's just not a fair assessment of the situation. You see, it's also been my experience that calling out the boogeyman, just going ahead and just laying that sucker out like that, dragging him out from underneath the bed and into the light, tends to dispel a lot of that negative energy it kind of uh, evaporates a bit. If not altogether, it weakens that boogeyman enough for you to kick his ass. So anytime I talked about failure to thrive with this little chick, I always said, it has that syndrome, but we're going to whoop its ass if we can. We're going to give it every possible shot. And then I would tell that little chicken, you've got to fight for yourself. So this, in a weird way, is part two of last week. And here's sort of where I've been gnawing around on the subject in my head. If we believe, and I certainly do, that part of magic, part of being a healthy witch, is to respect somewhat, if not altogether, the secrecy in the craft. It's one of those reasons I'm not really down with published spells, They kind of get to me a little bit. That secrecy, it's almost like blowing out a birthday candle. You know, if you've worked to put something into play and you've kind of given it everything you've got 
then you go chewing the fat about it with all your neighbors and letting everybody know how you did this thing. It does dissipate some of that magical oomph. I tend not to do it if I can help it. But if we could even agree that that is possibly the way things go, then we also could agree that if some kind of, let's call it, bad juju has been shot at us, then, I don't know, y'all, talking about it, doesn't that do the same thing in reverse? I kind of think it does. Keeping my mouth shut when I thought somebody had sent something at me or when I thought just the energies of the world had decided I was going to be its beat-up girl for the day. Talking about it, getting it out, out into the air. Why, it was almost like pouring water on that witch in Wizard of Oz. A good old bad friend once told me if something is shot at you, And I do believe the universe could try you out, too. It doesn't always have to be some kind of argument you've gotten into with somebody. Just headed your way that you can go ahead instead of trying to build a bigger wall. You can go ahead and accept that energy, let it hit, and take that energy and flip it around and make it something else. Once it's hit, it's yours. And you can do whatever you want to and I have to tell y'all, energy is energy. It's not necessarily bad nor good. You can pop it back to whence it came. You can morph it a little bit and have it eat something else. But it's just not my nature to not call a thing out for what it is. Y'all know my daddy, he was my stepfather, but I didn't like calling him that because he was a dad for me was a New Jersey cop. You might hear my dog snoring in the background. I've had to relocate my entire podcast situation (laughs) to the kitchen table because every room I've got in this house is overrun with baby chicks. Maggie, stop snoring so loud. Anyhow, I was a single mother and had three kids. And my daddy was just insistent that I not leave kiddie pools, and toys and bicycles and the like in the front yard. Now, most folks do leave something like that in the front yard. But he was also fairly insistent that I didn't let my youngins play in that front yard. If it was possible, make them play in the backyard. And I guess a little bit of me, uh, I think I thought he was silly and overvigilant, but see, he was seeing things that I wasn't seeing. Not only was he thinking as an investigator who had dealt multiple times with pedophiles and the like, he also knew what the averages were from everything on voyeurism and stalking to kidnapping and sexual abuse. So he really understood this thing inside out, and I was insulated from a lot of it. But I respected him so damn much, I went ahead and listened to him and did it. Now, he was insistent that I draw my curtains at night. He was insistent that I don't walk around the house half naked with a light sewn unless that was pretty much covered by enough curtains. He didn't want my teenage girl outside laying on a bathing towel in her bikini. Not unless she was out back where it was a little bit safer. We can't be sure of everything, but his contention was, to go ahead and prepare for the very worst. And then once it was done, 
other than maintenance and just a healthy sense of safety, you could relax a bit. Now I want y'all to imagine if I had seen someone trolling the streets, someone who didn't quite belong, just checking out houses all the time and kept my mouth shut about it because I didn't want to call that in. What could have happened not only to me, but my neighbors? There was a time down in uh, Georgia where I had moved over there to be an assistant professor at an HBCU, and there was a van that was trolling the streets, and it was doing it right around the time of school getting out, also on Saturdays. And those little kids played in that community and ran up and down those roads on little bikes, and something in my spotty senses just went, no, that's not, something's wrong. And I have to listen to those things. Our instincts are, gosh, they're better than anything else you can get. So I did call. And the police didn't do much about it, but the other parents in the neighborhood told me they had noticed it too. So we started to do a bit of a neighborhood watch. And one Saturday, that van tried to pick up two of our boys, and one of them was mine. He was only nine or ten. But a daddy caught it in time and ran that fella off and called the police with the tag number. So you see, I could have kept my mouth shut about that, let's call it a boogeyman, hanging about. And a boogeyman can be all kinds of things. A boogeyman can be financial woes, it can be health issues, all kinds of things. To me, keeping my mouth shut about it, why, my chances of survival are a lot lower. I'm way more proactive than that. I have absolutely shit luck. I don't know if y'all have done any following of the Chinese Zodiac, but I'm a fire horse. Fire horses are very rare, and a long time ago and very far away, they would kill girl fire horses, or they would send them away. They were known to be horrible, horrible luck. The truth is they're not horrible luck for anybody but themselves. So I have to work extra hard. I don't know if any of you are like me, and believe me, you would know if you were like me. You never win anything, never. You have to work mm, five, ten times harder than everyone else to get to the same place. Even though you may be just as intelligent, just as strong, even if you are stronger, you still have to overcome some pretty bad planetary alignments to try to do anything. Well, that's me. Now, for all my bad luck, which is pretty much infamous with anybody I know, Imagine if I were not preparing. Imagine if I weren't pulling that boogeyman out every time I smell him or see him or just my hair rises up on the back of my neck. What could be? There's not a way to prove a negative. I cannot prove to you that if I didn't do all these things, things would be worse for me. But I certainly have seen what happens when I don't. And it is so, so bad. So that's sort of my take on this whole don't call it out, you're calling it to you. No, I call it out. I call it out real loud. And then I scream out, I'm going to kick your ass, whatever it may be. 
You know, it's not the same thing as fate, and I get that. I'm fairly sure I understand that leap I'm about to make is long and wide and hairy. But it reminds me of this concept of fate. And for a witch to believe in that kind of concrete, solid fate, it just blows my mind. In my estimation, all roads can change. Sometimes I can see two paths, and sometimes I can see more than that. And one path might look a little bit gnarled up and hard to go down, and one path might just be misty and foggy, but clear. Otherwise, you can see the demarcations on the ground. And some paths can be sunny and absolute straightforward. What I mean is, the more you focus on one of those, the clearer it seems to get, for me anyway. Even if I chose the one that has gnarled up vines and hardly any sunshine, if I work on it hard enough, it's going to clear up, and that will be the path. And this is something I don't think most of us really grapple with, this idea of free will. If we understand we can manifest things, then, oh, honey bunnies, bat children, we can unmanifest them. Mm-hmm. And if our hearts know something negative is afoot, and we completely ignore that because we're so afraid it's going to be called in by us calling it out, well, then how in the hell are we going to pay attention to the signs? How are we going to unmanifest that? I'm sorry. It sounds... And this is funny coming from a witch, just a little too superstitious for me. If I think I see a predator in the woods, y'all gonna hear me hollering all the way from South Alabama. If I think I see the signs of the flu coming on one of my kids, I'm on top of that like peanut butter on bread. Here we go. We're gonna be on that echinacea. We're doubling up our vitamin C. Yes, I see it's the flu. Now, watch what comes next. Bone broth. I'm going to be all over that thing so that I can kick its ass. Now, this may be a bit of a fire sign kind of thing, but it's my estimation that we all need each other. There are all kinds of folks. And guess who Southern Fried Witch is? She's a fire sign pain in the ass. So from my point of view, Try a little bit of this. Zombieing out, warding up, and putting my head between my knees has never done anything for me other than to, well, fuck up my life. I'd rather fuck up the thing that's headed my way. I've had so many folks tell me that I have this way about me. I can bring back a plant from the dead nearly. I can bring back a chicken nearly from the dead. I can bring back a dog from the dead. Worse, I can keep them living way past they should be, and I have to watch myself on that. I honestly don't think that I'm extra special for any of that. I just think it's a very hard lesson I've learned in my life, that sometimes the best way is to call the thing out, drag it into that sun, stomp your feet, and say, not today. But good luck getting any of my spells out of me. Because I believe it does the same damn thing, just evaporates.
There's one more analogy I'd like to tell y'all about. A long time ago, I contracted swine flu. Now, we already know what my attitude is about when it comes to fighting a thing. And all of my friends were going through hell with this swine flu, and I got pissed off. So, I acknowledged that I had the swine flu. After all, the test confirmed that for me. When I did all the regular things that other people would do, I drank bone broth and I worked on keeping my hydration up. But the more angry I got, the more I wanted to do a spell. And so, I went out. Now, y'all forgive me if you're vegetarian. This was a long time ago. And I got a pound of bacon. And I assigned it the name of swine. And I fried that bacon up and I sat down in front of that pile and I ate every single piece of that bacon. And every piece I ate, I said, I want to hear that little piggy scream. I wanted to turn that swine flu into a cannibal. Now, this sounds absolutely ridiculous, and I get that. But this is just a podcast, y'all. So everyone I knew that had that thing was sick for about two weeks. And I was sick for about 24 hours. Now, that story is going to be a lot funnier when I'm dead. Right now, I'm sure. Folks are laughing at me and saying, what an idiot. I don't know. But I kicked the swine flu. Let's talk about the difference between myself and my husband when it comes to being sick. My husband is of the mind of my friend. Do not call it out. Do not say its name. And he will deny being sick for a week on the minimum. Now, during that time, because he's denying it so hard, he's not fighting it as hard as he needs to. I mean, you have to know the name of what you're fighting. He tends to get sicker and sicker. He will say, I ain't sick. It's not real. And the snot will be flowing. The coughing will be real. The fever will be unbelievable. But he's not sick. It's more of a put your head between your knees kind of thing. I get sick and I go at that thing full force. I say this is what I am and this is what I'm fighting and this is what I'm going to kill. However, this kind of thing doesn't always work in every situation. I was talking to my little baby witch, Mina, and asking her how she handles things. Now, she's a fire sign, but she's a Sagittarius. She's kind of the finisher, a little bit more quiet, and she's got a Scorpio back on her. And her point was that she tends to go at a thing head on, but do it underground and do it in a way where it's not so visible to everyone else. We talked about this for a while on the phone, and I said, you know, I've only done this a couple of times, and the reason is because I'm not as good at covert operation. But mostly, that is born of the fact that I don't like it. I would rather call an asshole an asshole to their face, a curse a curse to its face. I'm kind of a fighter, and so is she. But I'm a loud pain-in-the-ass fighter, and she's a sneaky, under-the-ground fighter. And the more I think about it, the more I know that I have done this in the past. 
But it's not the same as not admitting that there's something wrong. She is admitting it to herself. She's just not letting anybody see her coming, y'all. In our phone conversation, we started laughing about this because I remember this last Halloween movie that came out with, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis, one of my little sheroes. Love her. That ending, though, where her daughter was downstairs and looked at that gun that her mama had trained her on, that shotgun with her initials put in it, and picked it up and cried out something to the effect of, I can't do it, mama, I'm sorry. I thought she was a goner. But then Michael shows up at the door, and she's fairly something like psych, and blows a hole in him. That's covert. She has not denied that there is a problem. She's not pretended there's not one. She's just sort of kept her mouth shut and blew its head off. But as we were talking, she also brought up with me that what she thinks, and I agree with her, can end up being a problem is someone who just sits around and whines on, and that whine could be very well deserved. However, if they sit and call it in and call it in and call it in without a plan of fighting, without demanding that that thing go away, whatever it may be, and take some kind of action, now that's different. That is calling it in. That's yelling, I'm a big fat target, come hit me, baby, one more time. So I reckon I'm talking about common sense. If I decide I'm going to kick something, whatever that might be, that is negative in my life, I will call it out like the boogeyman. And just like our movie Halloween, I do believe in the boogeyman. I believe in him because even if I don't believe in him, he believes in me. I'd rather be ready. I'm very Jamie Lee Curtis about that. But some of us need a more covert way to go. And that's where Mina is right. Looking at him straight on, working hard on that hit, whatever that thing is, but being very quiet about it and doing it from underground. That's a way to go, too. I think the way not to go is her head facing her asshole, saying it's not going to get us. We're not going to believe. That's very superstitious and at the same time, not very witch-like. And then there's the other way, and that's just sitting around in the pile of whatever was shot at us and saying, this is my situation, this is my situation. Brings me around to this memory I have of my grandmother. Well, it's not actually my memory, it's her memory, and she shared it with me as a story. And I may have told this before in this podcast, but it must have been a long time ago if I did. One day she walked outside and she had bare feet on and she was in the deep south in Alabama and she stepped right on a snake. Now there were two ways to handle this, be really still and pretend it wasn't a snake. Or I suppose there's running away, at which point it probably would have tried to strike her. And she picked a whole different method. She called that snake out for being a snake. And she jumped up and down on its head over and over while screaming bloody murder. So, I think she kind of melded the worlds there. Anyway, she scared the shit out of the snake, and it ran away from her. I don't reckon pretending there wasn't a snake would have helped. 
Because, y'all, there is always Tawanda. Now, I had a sweet little listener write to me who was a little bit confused about my use of the word Tawanda. And all I can do is tell y'all that you need to go see fried green tomatoes. Go see that. It's critical. But to me, a Tawanda moment is refusing to deny the situation in front of you, calling it out, and slamming the living fuck out of the uppity car that got in your space. Y'all know in every good exorcism movie, you have to know the name of the thing you're fighting. You have to call it out by that name in order to get rid of it. Now, I know I've told y'all before that I believe the sacred does indeed go in reverse, as my wonderful friends Catherine Clement and Julia Kristeva have pointed out to us. That book's called The Feminine and the Sacred, and it changed my life, so if y'all haven't read it yet, do give it a shot. Very dense, very difficult, very lovely. Change your life. Well, for any bad juju or for any horrible situation that comes at me, I know that I only have one shot, and that's my method, and that is to call it out by its name, drag that boogeyman out from underneath that bed, and stomp on his face like he's a snake. I'll work a little bit harder on my covert operations because I do agree that's a great idea. I'm just not very good at it. But I remember last year, I had so many little pullets, well, chicks, actually, and I didn't know who was who, and I hoped so much for hens because I couldn't have another roo. So I worked on that method of pretending a thing's not a thing, not calling it out. I worked on it all the way up to the day that four of them started to crow. There's something in my brain, something a little bit more, I don't know, scientific leaning that says, if a thing is a thing, deal with a thing. Don't pretend it's not real. But I would concede that that's not a good idea if you're not ready to fight it. Well, y'all, I have not fed my chickens yet today, and I can hear them fussing. And we have 23 new chicks I've got to work with today. So I do need to go. I wanted to encourage y'all to go ahead and send me more questions to seba at southernfriedwitch.com. It's been a long time since I've answered any questions on the air. I know y'all have got to have something out there. And if you don't have a question, a thought, something you want to share with other witches or other like-minded folks, don't be afraid to do so. Y'all stay warm and don't forget, best way to deal with a boogeyman is drag him out by his damn heels and squash him with a steel-toed boot. Love y'all. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.